Welcome to Fill to Flourish with Luke and Lauren, where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters. We are thrilled to announce that Lauren and I are launching a global virtual therapy practice. We'll be specializing in trauma healing and brain retraining for those suffering from the effects of chronic stress and trauma in their bodies and minds. We'll begin seeing clients in May. So if you're interested, head over to our newly launched social media pages and our website, flourishtherapy.co, to learn more or join the waitlist. We'll be sure to put the links in the descriptions of this episode and share more information in future episodes. Hey guys, and welcome to our second to last um, webinar in the Finding Your Way Back series. Today we are finding our way back to slowing down, which is the fourth pillar of healing from Flourish Therapy. The first one's acceptance, beauty, compassion, and now we're on D for slowing down. As you can see, they're ABCDEs. Um, we're excited to bring this content to you today. We think it will be really meaningful as we see this as such a crucial part of healing and recovering from, from anything really, is learning to find a new pace. So we hope this is a uh, exciting and really accessible invitation for you today. A little bit about ourselves. If you're new, if this is the first one you're peeking in on, uh, we're Luke and Lauren Smallcomb. We are a married couple. This month we celebrate 16 years of marriage. Um, we have been in the healthcare fields for a decade and a half to a decade, and we've both been championing people's healing for this, this time. Luke is a mental health practitioner, and I am a mind-body practitioner, and together we own Flourish Therapy, which is a global virtual brain retraining and trauma healing practice. So today we're presenting one of the important pillars of our paradigm to you, and hopefully it will be meaningful for you. Who is this, uh, this little webinar slowing down invitation? Who is it for? It's for anybody who's feeling stressed or anxious. Maybe you're seeming to be uh, feeling rushed or rushing around. Um, you just have a hard time being in the moment, being present. You feel driven, a go-getter. Maybe that's some things that are said about you. Uh, you're lacking peace. Um, maybe you have fatigue or insomnia or other chronic symptoms. This, we think that this webinar is going to be helpful for anybody that can resonate with some of these or even other chronic issues um, or pressured pacing. So here's the pillars or in the tenets of flourish therapy for healing. Lauren has mentioned them. Uh, if you, this is the the webinar on slowing down. So if you missed the other ones, we encourage you to go back and check them out. Um, they're on our YouTube channel. So the, there's acceptance, beauty, compassion, slowing down, and embodiment. And these are the pillars that help create an environment and culture an environment of nervous system regulation. Um, but even on, underneath these pillars is the foundation of safety. So we talk a lot about feeling safe creating safety for yourself, um, pursuing safety. And when we <clears throat> can find that foundation of safety and have that, then we can start implementing these pillars that support and cultivate an environment for nervous system regulation. Yes, and our first webinar is all about safety. So that's the, the very first one in this Finding Your Way Back series. Again, those are on our, our YouTube channel and on our podcast. So let's learn from one of the best teachers, Nature. We, 
we have several different references to nature in this presentation. And we just think nature gives us such a good example of how to pace ourselves. Nature never hurries, atom by atom, little by little, she achieves her work. We have a acronym for you, pause. So we're gonna practice the pause as we're learning to slow down. Pause is uh, a practice and it's also a mindset. So we'll kind of walk you through this here and we reference it later on too. The P stands for pace. Learning to, to sink into your pace, the pace that your body thrives at, not the pace that someone else does or the expectation of what your pace should be, but the pace that is just uniquely um, natural and fitting for your body when it's in a state of regulation. A is for attune. Attunement is like tuning in to your, your world, your inner world, and being aware of what is happening. And that, that attunement can bring you to the you, which is a greater understanding of what it is your body is saying, what you need, what you don't need, what feels good and right, and what helps to pace, what helps you pace yourself, what helps you slow down. Um, and that understanding is a really vital part of this pause. And it, it brings uh, a lot of compassion to show us, oh, these are my needs and, and I can understand them now and I can meet them because I'm not so confused by what my body is telling me when we have that deeper understanding through the pause. The S is for saying no and saying yes. Sometimes it is a no that we need so that we can slow down. Sometimes it's a yes to something that we need that maybe we, we aren't doing or that we aren't aren't yielding into. So learning to say those, those yeses and nos is all part of the practice of the pause. And then this leads, uh, honestly, it, it leads to the natural overflow of embodiment. When you are living um, embodied in your, in your person, you aren't disconnected. You aren't um, chasing after things to, to suppress or to um, to kind of medicate against the feelings and the hardness of being in your world. You're fully embodied and aligned and you're able to experience life in a, in a truly alive way. So we talk about embodiment next week in our, in our last webinar in this series. So check that out. But here is the pause practice. And we hope that this can kind of stay in your mind as we talk through um, what slowing down looks like as pause is, is a pathway to slowing down. And as we look at this pause and reflect on what Lauren's just saying, uh, we wanna give you an invitation to slow down. And so as we're pausing, what, what are we trying to, um, check out? What are we trying to be curious about? What are we trying to understand and attune to? What are we saying yes to? What are we saying no to? Um, so we want to look at the, these three areas of, of thoughts, the worrying, problem solving, catastrophizing, the to-do list. Attune to that. Why is that there? Understand why are these thoughts there? Why is this worrying? Why am I always catastrophizing? Why am I always problem solving? And what do we need to say yes and no to? 
movement. What is that inner world like? The pace at which we navigate through throughout our day. What is that pressure? What is that speed in which we are kind of uh, gliding through the day or or carrying through the day? Just looking at that. Then actions, these thoughts, these movements, and these actions that you you walk out throughout the day, the way you drive, the way you talk, the way you're working, the way you're eating, the way you get ready to leave. What pace is that? Why is that pace fast? Why is that pace hurried? Why is that pace pressured? Um, and what other things can attune to? How can you understand why that you're, you're walking these, these paces? Um, what do you need to say yes and no to in these thoughts, movements, actions, uh, so that you can become more embodied. We talk a lot about having thoughts that like in actions and thoughts of like letting them grow or letting them go. And so some of these things you'll notice, you need to say yes to some things and let them grow and say no to things and let them go. And so these are just an invitation to help you slow down. Most people's Minds are almost always too busy for them to feel their skin being caressed by the wind or the sun. When our bodies can't slow down, we miss out on much, so much beauty and opportunity to regulate. So just pause right now. <laughs> just think about when's the last time that you've gone outside and felt the wind on your skin, felt the sun, the warmth of the sun on your face. And it's been a while, what does that tell you about your pace? And just walk yourself through that, that pause. Uh, that just gives you a little peek into maybe how, what's the pace is at? We can't remember the last time we, we felt that. So a lot of the things that we don't slow down, a lot of the reasons why we don't live a slowed down life is because the things we're doing are really meaningful to us and they're really important things. And so we don't, we want people to understand um, that this isn't an area for shame. The reason that we live at the pace we live, well, there's lots of reasons, but the things that we're pursuing are often really, really beautiful, meaningful things like advocacy work, helping others, activism, faith-based or community work, advocating and helping your family and, and troubleshooting different challenges that different family members have. Pursuing your physical and emotional health, which is a great, worthy um, goal and pursuit, but it can become um, a hamster wheel of perpetuating the, the urgent, rushed pace that does not facilitate um, human flourishing. Achieving higher levels of proficiency in maybe your job, sport, skill, hobby, things that you love, but having that the pressure behind that to just get higher and higher and higher and not being able to um, not being able to really find rest until you do. Well, once I get here, then I can then I can calm down and I can change the breakneck speed that I'm got, that I'm going at. Um, these are all things that we tend to pursue and do from a place of um, urgent rushed place in our internal world and 
that urgency um, comes from our nervous system, which we'll talk about in just a minute. I think like what you're saying is it's a great reminder that the motivation for pursuing these things, a lot of times are very good. Yeah. Like they're good things. There's that motivation of wanting to do something good or wanting to see, but then there's maybe that nervous system state that um, pressures or drives the action of that good motivation. And that's where the pressure, the unhealthy pressure can be, um, can be seen. So what are some barriers to slowing down? So, so it's permission, like giving yourself permission to, to pause, to, to be curious, to attune, to look at your pace, to understand, to have boundaries of saying yes and no, to be embodied. We don't want to give ourselves that permission because we have, there's so much to do. There's so many good things to do. There's only so much time. Uh, maybe it's people are, are relying on me. So it's that pressure. There's the culture of the, the, cult, the big culture around us says, if, if you don't keep up with pace, you're going to be left behind. You're not worthy. Um, you're not going to make it. Um, you're not useful. You don't, you don't have purpose. You're not carrying your weight. Maybe it's family culture. It's, um, you've been told what a good work ethic it looks like. You shouldn't be taking days off. You shouldn't have sick days. That it's weak. That uh, you should always help people. You should always um, put others first. So maybe that's uh, the messages. It's expectations of of your family culture, of the big culture, of yourself, of people around you. Responsibilities. Like I said, like people are relying on you. Um, so you have to do this now. So so there might be the that's a, might be a barrier, the unhealed trauma. And that could be intersected with any one of those, of that pressure of other people's messages of not having that individuation. Um, your specific story, nervous system dysregulation, boundaries, space margin, there, there isn't any. And so how could I slow down? A lack of safe and safety, uh, real safety or felt safety. That's gonna be a barrier. You're not gonna, your nervous system's gonna be activated and feel like it's, I don't have space or safety um, to slow down. Because if I slow down, there's a threat. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Now, what is familiar to your nervous system? So if your nervous system has just been driven by that sympathetic energy, you've, your parents were, you were, the culture was, like our nervous system only, it pursues and uh, by what is familiar not necessarily what is healthy. And then just the lack of experience of knowing how to slow down, how to regulate. So there's this quote, adopt the pace of nature, her secret is patience. I don't know about you, but just when I read it, I'm just like, oh, I just feel that, that permission to just breathe and, and adopt that pace. Be patient, patient for yourself in this process and patience to, pause yeah lots of barriers to keep us from slowing down um, and also there's a lot of repercussions when we don't slow down so we're driven by sympathetic energy we're we're disembodied which we'll again explain in the next webinar more what that means our trauma continues to go unhealed because if you're living at that 
pace internally or externally, there isn't uh, ability or space to even tune in and address the unresolved trauma. Chronic sickness can develop. This is really, really common. Chronic pain and chronic sickness develop after a period of time of, of running at this breakneck speed um, and being under the weight of that chronic stress. Autoimmune diseases can actually develop um, living in this type of mentality. So they've studied actually perfectionism and people who have to have everything right and good. And as you can imagine, a perfectionist, a person with perfectionistic tendencies is, is not a person that lives at a slowed down pace typically. Um, and people who have, who are perfectionists have much higher rates of autoimmune diseases. Um, anxiety, anxiety drives it and anxiety can be a result, uh, an outcome of living at that pace. It's kind of a vicious cycle with anxiety. Same with irritability and agitation, impatience, depression. When you go so fast and your body can't find reprieve, it can't find a way out, it can sink down into depression, which is that, that third nervous system state shutdown um, is often reflected in depression driven by pressure, having that constant pressure in your mind and in your body, shame, self-contempt, because there's no way that you can measure up and be what others want you to be, the expectations on you, the unreal, realistic expectations that you have for yourself can create a lot of self-contempt when we, we live at this pace. Lack of relational satisfaction, it's really hard to connect and be intimate with a person. Um, when you, when you can't slow down because slowing down, if you think of running, think of like the, the analogy of running, it's hard to, um, look at anything else besides what you're pursuing, right? It's hard to really tune into what's around you and to, to be with that person beside you. So same when you have that internal running inside your body, it's really hard to connect and have meaningful relationships that don't feel reactive and angry and tense and chaotic. Um, life passes you by in this mode, which continues the dysregulation in your nervous system. You can develop uh, fatigue and exhaustion. You, you can't be in the moment. You just don't know how to physically be in the moment uh, or emotionally. And you miss out on the goodness that's all around you just, it's almost like you're in that bubble and you can't tap into it, which we talk about in our beauty webinar. Um, there's actually a name for death by overworking in Japan, Kuroshi. They, they deemed it because they kept seeing this as a reality in their culture that the people who overworked um, could actually, it could actually bring them to death. And so obviously that's not the primary concern. Um, although the, the other outcomes that we're talking about here can feel like a death because you're missing out on the beauty and the goodness of life um, by experiencing all of these hard symptoms and um, emotional health challenges from living at this breakneck pace. And again, internally, it doesn't always have to be external pace, but even the internal pace can do it. As you were just talking, Lauren, I was just thinking of like being from the States, like do we have a name like Kiroshi? And it's not exactly, but the, the idea of like a workaholic. Yeah, or and, burnout. 
or burnout. Yeah, burnout would be kind of that crochet word, but like workaholic is describes kind of crochet, but in, in America, it's almost encouraged. Like if you are a workaholic, um, but if you look at people who are workaholics, um, I was just thinking that there's so much of these symptoms, um, like a lot of people who it's, I see a lot in men who have a hard time being present in the family. They become workaholics because it's easier to be there than be emotionally present at home. And so it's looking at like, like lack of relational satisfaction. If you, if you're escaping to work, you're going to miss out on a lot of that satisfaction. But then there's also, we know the health effects of being a workaholic, um, the burnout, the, the health um, issues. So I was just thinking about that, of just looking at somebody who's a workaholic and seeing that, that archetype, you can see a lot of these symptoms in, in, um, in that archetype. Mm -hmm. So just trying to picture of like, well, what does that look like to be driven by pressure or depressed? Well, if you know, if we can look at some work, if we know or are or have the archetype of a workaholic, it might help. So this is just a quick kind of uh, a reminder of, of, of our nervous system in the states. The pace at which we go comes from our nervous system state. So if you haven't seen other videos, check them out. We talk about it a lot more in depth than those ones, but um, these are that's the vagus nerve, like safe and social that controls our phase, the sympathetic that um, kind of um, activates maybe the chest area and the shutdown of the stomach. Um, but what we want to focus on here is the sympathetic part, because that's where when we're sympathetic, when our the part of a nervous system is activated, the sympathetic part we're sympathetically activated and that sympathetic energy is driving a lot of our choices, driving our actions. And that's what gives us that pressure, that hurry, that, um, that have to do it now mentality. I can't pause, um, I can't slow down. And Lauren mentioned this a little before that when you're up there so much, too long, you kind of drop down in the shutdown, but it's a lot of times it's not just a drop down, it's like a cliff. You, you drop off and you go to that shutdown. Um, so that's like a, a um, reaction or what was the word that we used in that last one? Repercussion of being sympathetically activated is depression. It's not just a um, like experience, but it's a physiological repercussion of that drop off and to shut down um, activation, uh, shut down part of our base nerve. Um, so just when we're sympathetically activated, we're anxious, racing thoughts, urgency, tightness in our chest, body, hypervigilant to threat, uh, it feels unsafe. And that's why we have that urgency to do, do, do. Uh, we miss out, the life kind of drop, passes us by because we're just so vigilant on finding safety and the safety is getting the next thing accomplished, getting through the next thing. And so this is where, it, so this is where we need to pace ourselves when we're feeling that um, sympathetic activation. So a lot of times we're unaware of our pace. Um, as Luke was just talking about, our pace comes from our nervous system state. 
Uh, there's other factors that build into that, like culture and expectations, but our nervous system state is where our pace is, is uh, being produced from. So sometimes, we loved this quote, if it's perfect with how we want to explain this, sometimes it's hard to tell how fast the current's moving until you're headed over the waterfall. Um, I, for, for myself personally, just a little bit of my story, I have been a very driven, um, motivated, outgoing, get things accomplished, pursue things, fight for things kind of person um, for as long as I remember, like probably mid-teens on. And I didn't know uh, my, my culture, my, my upbringing, everything was um, the pursuit of, of, of whatever work, whatever meaningful thing you, you want to do. Um, and I didn't realize the pace that I was at was a reflection of my nervous system state. Actually, I didn't even know what pace I was at. I just, you know, what we, what we experience is normal for us. And so it's, we normalize it. We don't understand, we don't see until we're flying over the waterfall that, oh my goodness, this was way, way too fast of the pace that I'm on, the direction that I'm going. Um, and so I've had chronic health issues uh, really since I was five, but then developed more significantly in my twenties. Um, and they just continued to get worse, even with everything that I was doing, because I wasn't addressing the most root cause, which is nervous system regulation. Um, you can do a lot of really good things above that and to help support, but if you don't get to the lowest level, the most root, which is uh, regulating our autonomic nervous system so that um, disease, the, the body systems don't perpetuate um, disease, and I was continuing to develop more and more chronic illnesses and symptoms. And it wasn't until I actually began in the field of brain retraining that I realized, wow, I have been living at a pace that has been so unsustainable for my body for decades. And I didn't even know. And so we have so much compassion for you. If you're thinking this, this sounds like it resonates. I have a lot of these symptoms. I feel this way. Um, and you're wondering, am I living at that pace? We get it. It's not a character flaw. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just a reality of, of all these factors coming together and it, it's hard to break it because it's hard to slow down. And so for me, as I began to slow down and make space for healing in my life, um, my pace totally has shifted and I live at a different pace now. And it's, it was really unusual at first. It almost felt, I remember telling Luke, I was like, it almost feels boring because I, I'm so used to that, like high level of stamina and like drive even with chronic fatigue it's weird how you can have both um for me personally but I got used to that feeling of just um like still waters instead of the choppy rapids that I was so used to I got used to the still waters and um I'm I'm physically I'm doing so much better now I've recovered a lot I've healed a lot of my chronic illnesses on this journey and I'm doing much better and I also emotionally love this newfound pace that I have the choice to live at as I've tuned into my nervous system so on the next slide we'll kind of explain what this looks like even more the ores of regulation. 
So we can learn how to use the oars, allowing us to become the operators of the boat, which in this metaphor is the nervous system. So we can become the operators of our bow as we learn to regulate the nervous system or use the oars. Instead of succumbing powerlessly to the rapids all around us, we become empowered to navigate our boat. And this is possible. It seems so unlikely when you are just controlled, you feel truly helpless to the whims of your nervous system and your dysregulation but it is possible to learn how to use the oars to become operators of your nervous system. And you don't have to be tossed to and fro by every circumstance that comes around you. You can have, um, you can't control your nervous system because we are creatures with autonomic nervous systems that respond to the environment. So you can't control it, but you can learn to, um, you can learn to have it yield to you. You can learn how to respond to it and create safety for yourself so that it doesn't have to be so controlled and uh, affected by everything around it. And so this has been a process for both Luke and I, and it's been a journey. And this is why we're so passionate about nervous system regulation, because it is a powerful way to affect every single part of your life when you learn how to become the active operator of your nervous system. So good. And I think we can help learn how to like partner with our nervous system or help guide our nervous system yes. rather than it just being so reactive to our environment. But being, uh, instead of like being just a, 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 an observer of the nervous system, we can partner with it and work with it. Which is so empowering when we when you find out that's possible so when slowing down feels worse so this this can happen um and this is a normal response you are the closest ally and support and yet it's the most often most scary to be alone with yourself slowing down can make you feel more than you are used to feeling this can be triggering to people who whose adaptations of staying and sympathetic have served as a sort of distraction from unpleasant feelings. Again, this is normal. This is also connected to trauma, this response of, of um, feeling uncomfortable sitting with yourself, creating space for all feelings. To heal, we must find safety in our body with all feelings, especially feelings that we have a strong dislike for. This is a process done with all tenderness, patience, and care for ourselves. The nervous system will continue to dysregulate if there are feelings, sensations that we are attempting to suppress and avoid, as this creates a chronic sense of unsafety in our bodies. So again, this is very common. When at first, when people are trying to pause, look at their pace, attune, understand, figure out what to say yes and no to, and become embodied, it, it can be very dysregulating because when we have, because our nervous system want what is, what is familiar. And if we are in that sympathetic activation most of the time, going to that ventral, finding safety, slowing down is going to be unfamiliar. And because it's unfamiliar, your nervous system is gonna say, it's not safe, it's dangerous. And 
is going to try to get you to activate those ad adaptations. Um, it could be being a workaholic, could be other um, compulsions, obsessions, could be anxiety, um, could be addictive behaviors. Um, it could be um, like checking out, having a hobby. Uh, so we've mentioned some of these things at first, they're good things. Some of these are good things, but we do them in order to feel busy, feel acknowledged, to feel approved of, while we are not paying attention to not feeling approved of, uh, not being loved, not being affirmed because of our story, because of trauma. Uh, sometimes trauma is something happened when you were slowing down, when it was quiet, when you were by yourself, or when you were alone, there was dysregulation. And so your body refuels that. And part of this is creating the space for those feelings, compassion for those feelings. And um, because if we're not used to creating space for those feelings, if we're not used to slowing down, our nervous system is going to respond to that and, it, and, and push you to, to adapt uh, the way that you have been. And usually that's by getting moving again. But when we do that, we stuff those feelings it actually creates a lack of safety for our body. So the body's kind of giving us those alarms and saying, something's not right. I'm not feeling good because maybe there's anxiety coming up. And so we try to learn about that and slow down. And it gets worse because you're activating another part of your nervous system. It's kind of, and it can be feel, and this is where we have to learn how to use the oars. Because we're feeling anxious, we can carried away by the waters that way, and then we slow down, we get carried waters by the waters this way. But if we can use the oars and understand that and partner with that, uh, we can create safety for our, our nervous system and for our bodies and create space to, to hear those messages. Um, and it's, it all comes back to um, this understanding your story and the trauma that you've experienced and how your, your body and nervous system has responded. And, and you can learn how to navigate those areas. So a really beautiful way to make space, kind of a concept to make space for all parts of you, all hard emotions that come up when you slow down is this idea of uh, being hospitable to, to yourself. So this is from a book that Henry Nouwen wrote Hospitality means primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but offer a space where change can take place. And we just love this picture of turning that hospitality inward towards self into those stranger of emotions that we're not comfortable with, we're not familiar with. They feel, they make us feel um, like what a stranger would feel like who walked into our house. And yet we can, we can create, pull up a table and have that conversation and have that meal. <clears throat> and that stranger can become a friend and we don't have to suppress and shun those hard places in us anymore. Um, hospitality to self is a way of slowing down and really connecting with ourselves in a more meaningful, deeper, 
loving way. It's a way to show compassion, pillar three, to self as we slow down and um, get to know ourselves and these places that we've really to survive have had to vanish to the dark corners. Um, and so it, it is an invitation to, to create a new way of being with yourself that is a way of hospitality. There's a really beautiful poem by Rumi called The Guest House. And um, you should look it up if you haven't heard of it. It's, it's about how every new day, a new feeling arrives. And instead of banishing it, you welcome it in and you take a seat with it and you make, make space for it. And those feelings are no longer terrifying um, because they're, they're welcomed. And that's a powerful way to begin to make uh, slowing down less, more tolerable. So what are some of these benefits of doing this practice of slowing down, of living at a different pace? Well, you spend a lot more time in parasympathetic mode, which is the build and repair mode of the nervous system. So parasympathetic and sympathetic. We need both. They're both important. But most people spend way more time being in sympathetic mode. And so when you learn to slow down, you get to have way more time where your body is in parasympathetic mode and healing and repair can happen. You develop better regulation, a bigger window of tolerance, better awareness of yourself and your needs, a deeper connection with others, which of course, relationships are such a meaningful part of life. So being able to more deeply connect with others brings so much richness to life. Ability to be in the moment, which is such a gift to be able to do. Uh, compassion for self and others, deeper understanding, having clearer boundaries, clearer priorities, being better at what you do because your mind doesn't have 57 tabs open. Um, you're, you're actually able to do what you do well because you're not living from that rushed pace internally. Stronger memory and cognition, more joy, pleasure, fun, and peace less reactive, less anxiety and depression, lower blood pressure, lower risk of heart disease, your sleep can improve and you can rest better, have less chronic pain and certainly less stress. Nature hmm. does not hurry yet everything is accomplished. Sounds nice. Doesn't it? It's wonderful. And it, we're, we're so thankful that we've, um, been able to enter into this place and begin experiencing these things because sure. it makes life so much better. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> when you feel good, life feels better. Um, but yeah, such a gift. These benefits of slowing down are. Slowing down creates space in our life for deeper access to healing. Let that sit a little bit. Slowing down creates space in our life for deeper access to healing. So it takes us back to pause, slowing down, which can give us the access to healing, checking on that pace. And, and the pace can be checking in on, is it the pace too fast or is it just right? We also wanna notice that. We want to attune to what is this pace doing into, in this inner world? How is it making me feel? What is, 
Is it pressured? Or am I learning how to slow down? And does that feel nice? Experience that. Let yourself enjoy that. And understand what is this pause? What is this attunement? How is this helping me understand myself? Understand my mo motivation is driving this experience. What do I need? That's what I was saying. Why am I doing this? How can I have compassion? Compassion can come from that understanding of what's driving this. We don't want shame and judgment to come as you're seeing, oh, I'm sympathetically activated. I make myself feel bad. Uh, I need to slow down, so stop it. No, we want there's, there's reasons we've adapted and we are doing the things that we are doing. We've looked at the barriers. We've looked at the possibilities. We've looked at the messages. Those have come some, from somewhere, so compassion for that. And that understanding can help us to know what we, can, we should say yes to, what we should say no to. And that understanding can give us permission to have that voice, to say yes and say no. And the result of that is just being embodied, being present with yourself, being able to uh, eventually be able to slow down and, and not be, be reactive and, and for that to be a, a fear, a fearful place, unsafe place. So take rest. A field that has rested gives a bountiful crop. There's benefits awaiting. There is hope awaiting. Just takes, takes a lot of work, but it is possible to learn how to use those oars, to navigate those waters, to direct that boat, and the results are bountiful crops. So in this pause, these are just some suggestions by a book that we really enjoy, Try Softer. These are just some suggestions of some questions you can ask yourself as you take that pause. What is the gentlest thing I can do today? What words of affirmation remind me of my true self? I wonder if I could take a smaller steps. What would help me stay in my window of tolerance? So what do I need to say yes, no to? What kind of support do I need to make this happen? Whom can I reach out to when overwhelmed? How could I help my body feel safe right now? Is there a way I could move my body to help me feel connected? So just think about those, let's look over those questions and take them with you. Those questions really were very, um, just so soft and gentle, which Andy Kolber always is and brings such a beautiful way of being with yourself. So I love that. And one of them was about who could I connect with? And slowing down allows for better connection to ourselves, to those we love, to people we don't even know yet that we are going to love and that are going to love us, to nature, our work, our bodies and minds. Slowing down brings this deeper connection. The great benefit of slowing down is reclaiming the time and tranquility to make meaningful connections with people, culture, work, with nature, with our own bodies and minds. And ultimately slowing down brings us balance. Um, the slow movement is not about doing everything at a snail's pace. The movement is made up of people who want to live better in a fast-paced modern world. 
the slow philosophy can be summed up in a simple word, balance. Be fast when it makes sense to be fast and be slow when slowness is called for. Seek to live at what musicians call the temple justo, the right speed. This reminds me of what you were saying, you say about the nervous system, like uh, when you're in synthetic activation, everything matters. When you're in shutdown, nothing matters. And when you're in ventral, what matters, matters. Mm. That's, that's such a good application to this because balance brings that, slowing down brings that. We're able to, to perceive more accurately of what needs speed and what needs um, the slow pace that's sustainable to, to help us live uh, meaningful lives for 70, 80 years and not, not burn out and um, feel empty and broken you know, by the fourth or fifth decade. So here's our pillars again, and we just want to point out that um, you can't have the, the ABCs without slowing down. So this is not a progressive practice. It's a symbiotic practice where these uh, principles and tenets are interdependent on one another. So for example, accepting your limits helps you to then slow down because you can see things clearly. You've accepted things. You're not living outside of reality. Slowing down opens you up to beauty and beauty can bring play. So play and fun and pleasure is hard to access unless you've slowed down. And then compassion helps us to slow down like we had talked about earlier, because when you see yourself not through a harsh, critical, um, beating yourself down lens, when you see yourself through a, oh my goodness, I, I make sense. I understand why I do things that I do. Um, that helps us totally reorient our pace and slow down so that we can get our needs met and not have to live in such a reactive, overwhelmed way. So these pillars all, um, again, they work in that interdependent way and embodiment. You'll see next week how that's also connected to these. So we just want to invite you to to grow in these pillars as they really do yield uh, environment where nervous system regulation grows. And this is what we do at Flourish Therapy. Uh, we help practice these pillars. We help implement these pillars, help you do that. We do that in several different um, ways. The signature program is that trauma healing and brain retraining where me and Lauren work together and help uh, regulate the nervous system through trauma healing and through brain retraining. Um, and we use those pillars and work with you in those, the, the weeks that we, we work together, implementing those pillars, processing them, helping you practice them. And also we, I work with individuals and couples to do trauma healing. So whether it's an individual working through their, their trauma or wanting to work through their trauma as a couple and how it's affecting your relationship um, as individuals, but also collectively. And we also offer, I also offer uh, intensives. And that is where um, maybe you don't have three to six months to work with us. That's what these other packages come with is working us in packages of uh, three to six months. The intensive is like, I need work, I need help now. And that's just two and a half days where we work together and we, uh, we, we dig deep 
And it's that and it's a great way to launch you forward in, in progression um, and to get momentum moving quickly. And we, you can find more information about this at our website, which is flourishtherapy.co. And uh, we'd love, love just to work with, with people and help them find more healing and wholeness in their lives. We do. And I'll just add that the signature program is our program where if you are struggling with any type of um, chronic illness, things like chronic fatigue, chronic pain, um, insomnia, autoimmune diseases, uh, different types of pain disorders or um, energy output, um, depression, anxiety, anything like that that's become chronic, we would see you for the Flourish Signature Program. And again, that's Luke said, that's when we work together. So that's the recovery um, component from the physical and, and emotional. Um, and then if you just want to address the emotional, that's when you could work with Luke just one-on-one -on -one through the trauma healing um, couples or trauma healing on your own. So yeah. yes, we also have these two discounts running right now as we just launched last month. Uh, we have 30% off offering for the three-month Flourish Signature Program, which is the one I was just mentioning. And we have 30% off offering for one-on-one -on -one or couples intensive. And so those two are running right now. They'll be available um, for a limited time as we only have a, a few of those offerings left, but we would love to work with you if this is something that would benefit you moving forward. So thank you for listening. Thank you for coming. Thank you for putting time aside to care for yourself because you matter. And uh, just appreciate you guys listening and come back next time as we will talk about um, embodiment. All right, that's it for this week. And we'll move into question and answers. While it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment, please note that information shared is not intended to replace or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.